listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. Good to have everybody here today. If you can't find a seat, we'll uh, proceed with our worship. Uh, we um, will be starting a new series in Galatians uh, coming up in the weeks to come, so you don't want to miss that. It's going to be a good uh, series in that way. I don't know about you, but today we're going to talk about the idea of a fresh start. I don't know about you, but uh, at least for uh, me and even our church, uh, this year's already started out in an interesting way. I was sick a few weeks ago. And um, then we had our anniversary service last week. And it just seemed like there was such a quick transition between Christmas and New Year's and the epiphany that we did. And even though it's already, like, is it January the 26th or? 21st. Right 21st right now? Okay. I mean, that's, that still seems fast. I mean, we're almost to February. Um, it just seemed like I missed the start of the New Year or something. Uh, like I missed the passing of the year and, and definitely we kind of missed the celebration of Epiphany because I was sick during that time. So why am I going to keep talking about Epiphany? We've talked about Epiphany before. <clears throat> it's celebrated after the 12 days of Christmas. And uh, we'll talk more about that in just a moment. So today what we're going to talk about is this idea of when we move from the end of the year and, and the beginning of the year, we're, we're wanting some kind of fresh start. We're wanting a new beginning. I don't know about you. I was, I was always the kid that got real excited at the beginning of school to have my binder and all the new paper and the new pencils. Now, two weeks later, I couldn't find any of them, uh, but uh, they were crammed out of the bottom of my locker. But that, that was exciting for me. Or uh, maybe some of you are artists, and you love the idea of this blank canvas that you can just create something on. So let's talk about a fresh start today. Uh, let's look at the... Uh, the uh, two uh, passages that we're going to read today, one is from Joel and one is from Isaiah, and those are both in your order of worship. Joel 2.25, God says this, I will repay you for the years that the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts and the other locusts and the locusts, my great army that I sent among you. And then we transition to Isaiah 43 that says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God, open our eyes to your word today. Um, may you be glorified and may our hearts and souls be healed a bit as we look at your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we said earlier, we talked about this idea of, of, of Epiphany before, and Epiphany is really just a celebration, not just at the new year, but of the wise man, wise men's encounter of the most divine human being that ever uh, be on the face of the earth, most divine being, and that was Jesus Christ. See, we know the story. These men travel from the Far East, and they come in and, and, and they're looking at the stars and these other things that have, have pointed them to something. 
It's some phenomenal in the sky, but it's just general. They don't know what they're looking for. All they know is the stars are guiding them then. Now, they had followed stars and signs their whole life. They had lived a life of looking at the things in creation and trying to figure out somewhere, some direction to go. But after, and only after, they saw Jesus as a child did everything come into clarity and all of a sudden make sense. Life for them was not anymore going from thing to thing, interpreting in some vague way creation or life situations anymore. Now they had meaning. Now they had a direct purpose. Now it was a specific thing that they were looking at. It wasn't about them or their abilities or their goals anymore. But it was about the one, the Savior, the Messiah that, that made it all make sense. Now I don't, I don't know about you today, but there, there's a sense of where I'm not just wanting a new beginning this year, but I don't want to go through life just wandering around from thing to thing to thing, vaguely just seeing things that I have to interpret or, 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 or that I try to interpret certain ways. So these verses that we're going to talk about this morning, and we're not going to talk about them very long, uh, mainly because I'm about to lose my voice. Uh, <laughs> but these two verses probably offer a restart that you probably haven't imagined before. So let's look at those in regard to these verses in the coming year. You just saw that one verse in Joel talking about the idea that Jesus, God said, I'm going to repay you for the locusts, the years that the locusts had eaten. Now let me give you a little context for this because it's talking about locusts and all this, and you're like, what is it talking about? See, God's people at the time, as a nation, had turned their back on him and had suffered a complete destruction of their entire harvest through swarms of locusts that marched through their fields, destroying all their crops, multiplying in number as they went. And it just wasn't one year. Four years God sent this upon them. Four years they experienced their harvest completely wiped out. They're not people that can go to the grocery store and get what they don't have. Their crops are their grocery store. And people brought them to their knees in more ways than one. But then, and the verses that we couldn't include today necessarily, the verses after this say something different though. The Lord had pity on them. See, in the coming years, the verses, and you can go back and read this, and I'd urge you to read it this week in Joel 2. God said that their fields were going to yield an abundance that would make up for the years that had been lost. It was just a wonderful promise that he had. But this is also a promise that he gives us today. See, these are promises that are universally true that God gives to all people at all times through him, whether we deserve it or not. It's so easy to get on this equation of thinking, we've done all this, and why haven't we gotten this? Or to say, God, I haven't done anything, so I know I don't deserve anything. God breaks the mold for those kind of things, and you think about, and it's probably not the way you think about it. <clears throat> Here at the end of the year, before we look at the other passages, let me ask you a few questions. Um, what do the lost years, these, these locust years, what do they look like in your life? 
what are the what are the years that you're like, man, I'm never going to get those back? And they come in different varieties, and we all have an idea of this in some way. Maybe it's the fruitless years. Maybe maybe a lot of hard work like these crops were put in, and everything was destroyed. And and and, and the people must have thought, I did all this work only to have nothing to show for it here at the end. Now some of you may have this, have known this pain or know this pain right now in the world of business. Maybe a, a business venture that failed or a bad investment or a bad decision that looked so good at the time. And you think, what has become of all my effort this year? Maybe some of it has to do with painful years. I'm thinking of those that have lost a loved one this year. Maybe you were thinking uh, that about someone that you thought, man, I, th I just assumed they would always be there. But now you have to find a different way this year to live with the disappointment of not having them there. And it's almost too much to bear. Maybe selfish years. Maybe you've, you've done like I've done before and think, man, what in the world have I been doing all my life? You wake up one day and you're like, man, there's no substance in my life. I feel like I'm going from thing to thing. I want something that matters, something that counts. I want to live a purposeful life. I want to make a difference in the world. But the locusts have eaten half my life. So many years I've wasted just on myself. Or maybe loveless years. You see a couple uh, that, that, that's really in love and you say, I wish I could be loved like that. Or you have someone surrounded by friends or has good friends, you're like, man, I would love that kind of friendship. Or you haven't met the person that you wanted to meet and it feels like years are just moving on and moving on and you can never have them back. Or just, in general, missed opportunities, mistakes, those sorts of things. What do we do with that? We look back and we're like, God, like, I just, I've lost this year. I've lost so much at this time. Let's look at Isaiah 43 for a minute. That's our second passage here. It says this. Here's what God says. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. It springs up now. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. That phrase, streams in the wasteland, I love that. I love that. God is telling us today to take heart and not be discouraged, no matter how much has been lost or no matter who has been lost. God is calling you not to dwell on the past. Why? Because he doesn't dwell on the past. He's not uh, holding things against you or loving you less because of mistakes. He's always offering forgiveness. He's always about something new. He's always making things new, restoring and making streams in the wasteland. He does it in so many ways. I mean, I mean, think about this. God can restore the lost years by deepening your friendship with him. God's always there pursuing a relationship with you even when you don't feel it or you don't know it. Why not ask him for help with this? Why not be honest with God and tell him, God, I've spent too many years without you, too many years at a distance from you. Fill my heart with love and gratitude for you. Let me, let, help me let my resentment go. Let the loss of these years make my love for, for Jesus greater than it ever would have been. I mean, why not ask him for that? Why not ask him for this? Lord, the locusts have eaten too many years of my life. 
You have called us as disciples to bear fruit and that will last. And too many fruitless years in my life have passed. God, please, please grant good fruit. I need a good year, God. I need some abundance right now. Like any good father, don't you think he wants that for you? Don't you think he, he, he wants to give you these things? This is not name it and claim it. This is not saying you pray the prayer and God promises you to give this. This is the idea that God knows what's best for you. And he's going to give you exactly what you need in the coming year. See, it's really about perspective. Think about it this way. Maybe, just maybe, the suffering moments over the last years are going to result in strengthening you and your faith in a way that you never thought of instead of tearing it down. The fact that you're here today in this sanctuary, in spite of what has happened to you in the past and the years and the brokenness of life and all those things, is a testimony that God, through Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has guarded and kept you and protected you through what may have been one of the hardest years of life. Still, you are still here. Worship me and be faithful to God. In the end, think about this. The last thing I'll say. Think about this. Jesus, God's son, was in the prime of his life on earth. He was three years into his ministry, and he was 33 years old. You would think a man launching an enterprise at the age of 33 has everything in front of him, but Isaiah says he was cut off. He was cut off because he came under judgment of God, not for his sins, but because he, because he had no sin, but for ours. See, our sins, our grief, our sorrows were laid on him. Our judgment fell on him. Our locusts swarmed him and was all over him. And the life of God's son was cut off. Then, third day, the son of God rose from power eternal life and he offered himself to you today and he says something that no one else can I will restore you I have restored you I have restored the years that the locusts have eaten in your life I mean I get it I mean, it's so easy to get bogged down in the chaos and in the past hurts and going from thing to thing and the bad decisions that we make but it's never too late to embrace a new self and push away the old self because that's what God is doing in our lives. Rather than dwell on the past in your life, take some steps at the beginning of this year by turning to God's Word, to His plan, to prayer. But here's the thing, there's no magic formula. There's no silver bullet solutions. Just seek a friendship with God this year. And you'll be amazed how some of the other things will fall into place. Yes, map out your goals. I'm not saying don't use common sense. Of course, but mostly pray that God guides you where he wants you to in the coming year. It's the new beginning that we all want. It's the new beginning that we all need in this. It's the new beginning that will recenter your life in such a way that, listen to this, even when you experience, recenter your life in such a way, even when you experience tragedy, trauma, disappointment, this coming year and the years that come, and they will come that you will still have something that can't be taken away, that the locusts can't take away, and that's joy and rest and stability and peace and love and life in the midst of that. Meditate that. Meditate on that 
as we come to the communion table today, today that always reminds us when we come, we have a fresh start every week and every day with God, the Lord of Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, thank you um, that you are providing streams in the wasteland. It doesn't say you're removing the wasteland. It says you're providing streams in it. Help us to see those streams. Help us to rejoice over those and be glad. Help us to look for those in your kingdom. Help us to pursue a friendship with you. It's not just words. It's not just uh, memorization of scripture, but actually pursuing the person of who you are and cultivating a deep-rooted friendship so we can have this stability and rest that we talked about today. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the comfort that you give us through Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.